Welcome to the Win the 16 podcast presented by Pygon One Consulting. This is your go-to podcast on optimizing your day. The Win the 16 podcast features discussions on leadership and coaching, personal and professional development, as well as discussions on the modern work culture and engaging employees in hybrid and remote work environments. Your hosts are Dave Pygon, president of Pygon One Consulting, and his brother, Dr. Bud Pygon, anesthesiologist at the University of Illinois at Chicago. Thank you for listening. Podcast, as always, thank you to Carrie and the team for all your work in supporting us. And uh, thanks for the listeners for listening to us today on Win the 16 podcast. Dr. Bud Pygon is uh, taking a quick, quick vacation. So today we have the pleasure of interviewing uh, a good friend who I just met this summer. And I'm going to let her tell you the story how we met. So I, my version is going to be a little different. I think you'll get a chuckle out of it. But uh, today we have the Leanne Webster. And it was funny when I was talking to Leanne, I'm like, how do I describe you to people? Um, I've got an idea. <laughs> But you're a businesswoman, you're an Iron Man, you're an entrepreneur, you're a performer, you're a producer, business lady. Like there's so many things. So, Leanne, before I get into how we met, why don't you tell everybody really quickly here uh, your background and who you are? I think it'll be pretty cool because it is fairly spectacular. So, friend, <laughs> hit it. Thank you. I love it. I'm going to call you every day, Dave, because I love it. It's like, uh, <laughs> that energy of reminding me that uh, uh, all that I've done, right? You are Forget that. You are spectacular and I'm your biggest cheerleader. And on a serious note, I really am though. I think your story is, it's attractive, it's cool, it's disciplined, it's tough, it's awesome. Uh, so why don't you tell people a little bit and then we'll go back to how you and I met, which I think it'll give everyone a little chuckle. So yeah, for sure. All right, so I am, I'm the creator of the No Regrets Formula and the True 90 program. I'm an attorney. I've got more than 20 years, I stopped counting after 20, um, yes. more than 20 years experience in marketing and business development in a variety of industries. Um, I've also got more than 20 years experience in coaching. I started in 1998 before anybody knew what a coach was. Um, and, uh, and yes, I have a one woman show called fancy meeting me here. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I, yeah, I've, I've followed a windy path. <laughs> uh, that's right. And I forgot the attorney piece. I like to forget that too, but the loans remind me every month. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. Where did you get your law degree from? From Capital University in Columbus, Ohio. Got it. Awesome. Well, it's an impressive background. Again, attorney, businesswoman, entrepreneur, producer, um, an iron. I mentioned you didn't. An iron man, iron woman, however you say that. It's amazing. I'm so impressed with all of you. My good friend Casey's an iron man. I think you all are amazing. I am a mere triathlon athlete, so I am not even in the same class as you also, but I love the discipline you all do. So why don't you, we, before we dig into all your stuff, tell everybody how you and I met, and then I'll share what I told my wife. Okay. <laughs> well, we were, every Saturday morning, I do a hill workout with my friends, 
And so we were walking in that space. Um, if anyone who's in Chicago knows this, the pedestrian bridge at um, 18th Street. So we were walking over to the hill. They call it Sledding Hill, which is one of the few hills in the city. You know, we're a pretty flat city. Um, my friends always are like, hill workout. Where do you do that at here? <laughs> right. So we were walking over to Sledding Hill behind Soldier Field. And you were walking in the same direction. And then... I can't even remember what, um, why, but somehow we struck up a conversation and I have my Iron Man hat on. So you asked about that. And then I started talking about the show and it was just like, oh, you do this, you do that. Ah. <laughs> I was on the morning walk with my coffee before we were going to do our CrossFit class. That's right. That's and right. you were walking with a gentleman and I, was, I didn't know if you were going, I believe the boat. I don't think it was the Mackinac, but some competitive bulk. Because when you were, oh, for those of you right. in Chicago, the 18th Street Bridge is right by the lake. I mean, right by the lake, within blocks of it. So I asked you, and then I saw the Iron Man, which I'm I'm obsessed with. <laughs> and then we talked, we chit-chatted. I asked you a few questions. You told me about your story and all the other things this one-woman show you do, which we'll get into that, which is totally mm-hmm. cool the inspiration, the coaching, but, and that's what I do. And we trade yeah. numbers, but here's the chuckling, funny story for those of you out here. I come home, my wife, Susan, who's amazing school teacher, beautiful inside and out. Here's what I come and say to her. I said, I just met the coolest woman. We traded numbers. She's an <laughs> iron woman. She's awesome. She's a, this, and she's that she was going to do a hill workout. And my wife is, in amazing shape, but she knows I'm a little crazy about all that. And that was my thing. She goes, and she says back to me in the QA, she goes, okay, do you hear what you're saying? Right. And I'm like, well, oh, I guess now when you repeat that back to me, yeah, that's not probably the way I wanted to introduce Leanne to you was I met this cool lady. She's an iron woman. She's awesome. We traded phone numbers. So right. it, it was a funny story. I told her I was going to tell that story today on the podcast. She chuckled. I love it. I love it. We we had a good time. Um, Okay. Why don't we start with this one? Why don't you tell everybody about the no regrets formula? Sure. The, so I created it because I'm, you know, I've, I've accomplished a lot of things in life, right? I've gone from, from not running at all to becoming an Iron Man from, having no theater background to producing a one woman show from barely passing high school to being top 20% of my law school class. And, and I've always lived life with this idea of like, I don't want to, I'm just going to take the chance, you know, I'm just going to take the chance and try it. And if it doesn't work out, so be it, at least I'll know. And so when I looked at all these things that I've been able to accomplish, I realized there's a formula that I'm following and that's what I've been able to codify into the no regrets formula. Um, it's a six pillar process. It's um, connect, commit, connect, create, conduct, credo, and crew. And it's an evolving process. It's really, you know, you um, crew is like looking at the people around you. And so it's like, you know, you can make adjustments there and then that might change what you're committed to. And, you know, it's kind of a, a fluid process. And it's really the way I live my life and the way I help my clients live their life and achieve things that they previously didn't realize they could achieve. 
I'm raising my hand, even though the uh, our audience can't see. So whenever you see me raise my hand, Leanne, my brother already's got it. I have a question okay. already. Okay. I yes, sir. I think this is a phenomenal teach, teachable moment for you, for all of us, including me. How did you become so bold at times a risk taker? Um, or learn? How can the audience get better at that? Because you have no problem with trying it. And clearly you weren't always a success at everything. And you just, you keep going and going to new and different things. You are the epitome of Carol Dweck's growth mindset, who we are obsessed with her on this program. We talk about her all the time in a growth mindset. Um, (laughs) How, not only how did you become so good at it, well, how would you teach that to others, Leanne? Probably not a fair question, but we'd love to hear it. Yeah, no, it's, it's a great question. The um, first of all, how I've, how I've gotten good at it is I just keep doing it. I believe that it's like any other muscle that you practice, right? And sometimes it's as small as I'm going to try a new piece of fruit that I saw at the grocery store. Um, sometimes it's you know, this morning on my walk, I walked a different way back home because it's like I want my my brain and my body to do different things. Um, so so practice is the, is the how you get good at it. How did I start this way? You know, I really actually my show is a lot about this because um, I had a brother who was um, killed in a car accident when I was four and he was twelve, and I really feel that you know you know pregnant women say they're eating for two. I really feel often like I'm living for two, like that moment, even though it was four when it happened and I didn't really realize the ramifications of it until later. But, but what has sunk into me is, you know, we've only got whatever time we have. I don't, we don't know what's going to happen. And that sure. day that he got killed, we didn't know that was his last Saturday. We had no idea. And so all of us have an opportunity if we're still here, if we still have a chance to really do something with that. And so it's like, let's take our opportunities. Let's just go try it. What's the worst that can happen? It's the question I always ask myself. What's the worst that can happen if I try this and it doesn't work? Usually, by the way, the worst doesn't happen. And then if you can live with the worst, then you're fine. Like go, because the upside is huge. Oh, I love it. First off, I'm so sorry about your loss. Thank I don't you. care if you're four or 40. Brutal. So yeah. sorry to hear that. Um, Pretty cool, though, that you're living an inspired life and living in his memory and carrying it on every day. So cool. Awesome for you. Thank you. How, yeah, I really. Yeah. He inspires me. Go ahead. Some people would say, OK. That's you. I, they might come back and say, how, that makes me very uncomfortable. How would you recommend me to get better at being uncomfortable? It's, well, part of it actually goes back to one of my, to one of the pillars in the no regrets formula, which is commit. And the idea behind commit is to commit to yourself first over anything or anyone else. And the idea with that is sometimes and you actually in your book, uh, when the 16, you, you alluded to this in that chapter, you talk about your, when the 16 structure, right. And your, your story about, um, were you 
kind of committed to loving basketball or were you committed to being, you know, a division one athlete? So it's like, if you commit to yourself, it's committing to, I'm going to do the things that work for me. I'm going to do the things that make me happy, that bring me joy, that help me stretch, you know, whatever's important to you. And then the way that happens can, uh, can be a multitude of ways that might be trying, you know, a different athletic thing. It might be trying different food. It might be taking a class. It might be reading a book. It might be talking to a different person. So the method of it is different for everyone, but the idea of to whom am I committed and why am I doing this and really tapping into that is at the, at the core really of what I help people tune into. Great. That's great information. I think when I'm talking to my clients, whether it's individually executive coaching one-on-one or individual contributors or in groups, um, what helps me, and I didn't, and I wish I would have learned this years ago. I didn't. I didn't get on board as quickly as you did in your life. And good or bad, that's the reality. But now I'm all in. And what's helped me is I put in bucket, there's three things. There's reckless. Nobody wants to be reckless. That's crazy. Nobody reckless. Out. Risk. I always explain to people, and I say this, I I probably say it every week, and that is when I think of risk, I think of being you and I in a helicopter, and we have a parachute. We put it on. We jump out, and it opens. We win. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't open, we lose. That's a bad day. Right. Bold. To me, is the space I think of more often than risk and where I like to live. For me, and I didn't really know this till I studied it, and that is to me, the bold is we're no helicopter, but we're going to go do something that we're uncomfortable, maybe get up every day. And the worst thing that's going to happen is we're not going to lose, we're going to learn. Right. And to me, that's the biggest difference. What you're saying is, I think. People would say you're a risk taker, and that's true, I guess. Mm -hmm. But I think of all the things you're doing is you're being bold because you're doing it and you're winning a lot with all the stuff you're doing. But in the other end, your attorney piece of it, which you're not using on a daily basis anymore, you learned a lot during that. Oh, 100%. Well, and look, we've talked a lot about the things that have gone right. There's been a million things that have gone wrong. I mean, I moved from Ohio to... Um, LA to pursue the goal of entertain, practicing entertainment law. I thought that would make me happier practicing law. I didn't pass the California bar the first time I took it. You know, that was really harsh because, you know, my uh, financial stability was based on that. So I passed it the second time, but learned a lot in between. I didn't finish the Ironman. The first time that I attempted it, I DNF'd. It's the only race out of 50 some races that I've done in my life that I've ever DNF'd. And it stands for do not finish for anyone who doesn't do races. But so, you know, and then I went back and, and did it. Um, I, you know, there's been a million things that I've tried in business that haven't worked out. I've had, you know, sessions with where nobody shows up or, you know, no one hires you or, you know, there's a million things that didn't work out. And from each one of those, I go, okay, well, why didn't it work out? What can I do better next time? What can I learn from this? What can I try again? Like, you know, does it, none of those things, failures or wins, good or bad, it only becomes good or bad 
if you give it that meaning to it. It's whatever meaning you attach to it. And I have really chosen to attach anything that's quote unquote bad to instead of being bad, just being a lesson. And what, what's here for me? How, do, how can I learn from this? How can I tweak and adjust and then try something different? Yeah, you're the epitome of the growth mindset. <laughs> Carol Dweck, if she was here today with us, would be holding you up there. And I agree, it's funny. And I know some people are just being kind to me when they talk about it. Be like, oh, it's a, you must be a natural writer. You wrote such a nice book and blah, blah, blah. And I don't even know if it's a nice book, but they're being really nice to me and I'll take it. And <laughs> but on a serious note, when I get into a real conversation with them, I tell them, I failed so often in that book where some of the material was terrible and I had to go back and redo it. And I had to share and I shared with other people and they're like, oh, that's that's not good. I go, I didn't think it was right. So there's many failures that I think sometimes people just see the end product. Yeah. For instance, you and I love that you shared that with everybody because it's your story to tell of not passing your law boards the first time or not getting the Ironman done the first time. That is so impressive. I think that's, that takes your story to another level because of persistence, yeah. accepting failure, learning from failure, and look what's happened. Because the reality is, I don't need, I think it's more impressive now that you shared that. Well, thank you. And I got to say, I, I was just writing about this the other day. I'm actually glad now that I didn't finish it the first time because the lessons that I learned, the, um, the, the, there's a lot of lessons, both, you know, um, um, what I want to say, like tactical lessons about nutrition and things like that. And then there's more like uh, mindset lessons that I learned, but that finish line after I didn't finish, oh my God. God, it was a million times better than finishing that first time would have been just a million times. And I wouldn't trade that for the world. Uh, I can't even imagine the high. And the, I always tell people, they're like, oh, you work out all the time. And I go, yeah, I'm addicted to endorphins and I'm addicted to dopamine. Right. <laughs> right. And that's how I get it naturally yeah. is through yeah. that. You must have been sky high. How was your body afterwards and soreness and all that other stuff? I always ask people that. You know, actually, it was not um, as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I think it's a testament to you can really train your body to do anything. And, you know, I trained very in a very focused way and, and very hard um, that not only that summer, but even before I started the official training. Um, and so, yes, I was sore, but, you know, within a few days, I was, I was actually feeling pretty good. Um, it did take me a while to like, um, like, uh, feel, how do I want to say, like almost to get my endurance back. It took a little bit for that, like, you know, trying to run again or even doing like yoga or things like that. I noticed that like, I get a little more tired a little earlier. Um, but, but actually it, shockingly good yeah and i think this is a good point about the iron man piece too that i think you should share with people you're you weren't the most gifted athlete in the world oh, no. am I, I saying that nicely yeah it's the dead on truth i didn't start i ran my first two miles when i was 40 um and that was uh 12 12 years no i didn't say, oh no 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 three years, four years before I started my first, attempted the first Ironman. 
Um, so I ramped really quickly. Um, that for everybody. Leanne ran her first two miles consecutively at the age of 40. Think about <laughs> that. Um, amazing. So what well, tell us about that. That's amazing. I used to say, I, used to say um, I only run if someone's chasing me. And if he's cute, I stop. Yes. Like, that's funny. Fair. Hey, but, that's fair. But it was one of the, but actually it's a great example of the doing uncomfortable things, right? And and what I meant by just kind of biting it off. Some might not see this as biting it off, but I was, I I had always thought that obstacle courses seemed interesting, right? Like, you know, the, you're climbing over a wall, sure. you're jumping through whatever. And so I'm, um, there was this race called the Urban Athlon. Um, it's not around anymore. It's sponsored by Men's Health. And um, it came through Chicago. They only did like four cities. And um, and it was it wasn't it was before the mud runs got really popular. And so they had like monkey bars on, you know, Navy Pier and like big tires and hurdles and things like that. And so I was like, well, I kind of want to do that. Like that's a good reason to go, you know, amp up the physical fitness a little bit. And and so I sign up and then my, I convince my friend to sign up and she goes, Leanne, it's an 11 mile course. You're going to have to run. And I was like, really? I think I can walk between this. <laughs> She's like, no, you need to run. I was like, ah, so that started me. She took me on my first two mile run. Um, and she is the only person I'd ever met that had run marathon. And I remember that day because I did the two miles and I was like, whoo. Lord, that's, that's far. And what are you doing for the rest of the day? You know, I'm like going to go take a nap or something. And she goes, oh, I got to do eight more miles. And I was like, oh, eight more miles? Right. Who could run that far? And then, you know, it's like, then I ran two and a half miles. And before I knew it, I did that 11 mile course. And then it was like, well, half marathons, only two more miles and there's no obstacles. I can do that. And then you do the half and you're like, well, who wants to stop at half? I can do, I think I could do a full. I do a full. Then as the saying goes, why suck at one sport when you can suck at three? Let's look at triathlon. Like <laughs> I'll go back to the thing. I'll do a sprint. That's short. Like, you know, so it's just like inch, 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 inch. And then as you kind of stretch your boundary, you're like, huh, I think I could do something else too. It's amazing. And for everybody out there, we're not... Uh, Leanne and I are not encouraging anybody to go do an Ironman tomorrow or triathlon no. or any of that stuff. But I think if you just take a back step on what she just said is uh, she she got some motivation to do something, set a goal, created the habit slowly, step by step. It's in the book all the time. I talk about it. Baby steps, yep. um, a couple here, and then that led to the achieving this small goal. And then yes. next small goal, and they just kept adding. Now, also, I want to throw in there, clearly, there was mindset. There was a yes. mindset that you, we have to adopt. There was a piece of mental toughness yes. that's yes. in there. And the other thing I want to throw that is in there, besides change agility, which is another big piece that was, was the ability to not be afraid and to be uncomfortable. Because you clearly yes. weren't comfortable. And for those people who don't walk in the mornings, you even though the weather's beautiful out now, you'll be a little uncomfortable getting up 15 minutes early, breaking your routine, and don't 
put yourself down saying, wow, Leanne, she, she's doing an Ironman and I, I'm struggling doing a 15 minute walk. You should, because you haven't done that. That's right. not part of your routine. So for those of you out there that have these little things that you're thinking, they're not little things. It might sound that way, but it takes the same skills and steps that Leanne just demonstrated so eloquently, but she did it with her journey in Ironman. Anything else on this one, Leanne? The, just that um, the, the thing that I, I remember the most that, that was popping up as you were talking was, you know, and first of all, I agree, like whatever your step is. I remember when I ran that my first 5K was the first official race that I've ever done. And you would have thought that I ran for 100 miles. I was so damn proud of myself. And I, you know, and I said to my friend, I'm like, where are the race photos? And she's like, oh, sometimes they don't do that for 5Ks. I'm like, oh. But it's such a, you know, I just stretched myself. Like, you yes. know, where's the no yes. finish line photo for me? Like, um, and and you know, not too far later, I was running longer distances. So it is a, a step by step by step. And one of the things that really ha- helped me to jump over to, from the half Ironman to the full Ironman was when I I remember to this day I'll get emotional talking about it. The finish line of the half Ironman, um, and coming around that bend and I had I had thought it was impossible for me to do that before I didn't see myself as anyone who was athletic and when I rounded that bend and I saw that finish line like I changed I changed because all of a sudden it was like I just did something that I didn't think was possible at all like at all I didn't think I could do something like that and so when I when I crossed that finish line it was like what else, where else am I telling myself that something is impossible and it's not, and I can do it. All I need to do is break it down, decide that I'm going to do it and then figure out how to do it. Like it's any, really anything is possible. It, anything is possible if you put the right things in place and you truly in your heart want to do it. Uh, it's amazing. It really is. And it's a great story for all of us, again, not to do an Ironman, but right. to do something that you never thought was possible. Yeah. I I just shared this last night on um, Logan Crawford's television show that he was interviewing on. I said, hey, Logan, can I, can I sh- share a quote? I want to make sure I get it right. And it's what you just described. If it's humanly possible, I can do it. Yeah. And you demonstrated that. You didn't think you could, but... When you started putting the habits and you set that goal out, somewhere yeah. in your mind said, I'm not sure if I can do it or not, but I'm going to try. And then you started building on it that, yeah. OK, I can do it. I might be able to do it. I could. And the same thing for all of us out there, whatever we think out there seems daunting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That mindset, which is so powerful. Uh, amazing. OK. We always run out of time when you and I talk. I um, why don't we, because I got a couple more things I got to get out there for people. Let, the True 90 program. Yeah. Why don't we share that with everybody? I thought it was cool. I thought I think they need to hear that. Cool. Thank you. Well, the whole idea of it is that if if we want to do any of the things we're talking about, right, and it could be, um, it could be something physical, it could be just, you know, getting back into shape. It could be, you know, a professional goal. Um, doing it alone pretty much never works. And so the idea with the true 90 is um, focus on being true to yourself for 90 days 
We will come together. I help you create your goals. I help you get really focused in on how to achieve those goals. I also make sure the goals make sense, that they're your goals. They're not, you know, what you think you should be doing or how your family has always perceived you to be doing or what your spouse wants you to do, that they're for you. That's the true part. And then we literally together um, for 90 days, uh, we look at uh, implementing the no regrets formula and just taking it piece by piece of how to get you where you want to go. You can see why Leanne, everybody and I are so aligned Yeah. because that is exactly what we believe with win the 16 under goals. It is so many times people said goals in corporate America. I don't, don't tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what really is your goal. And I, I saw it so often that, People want to win Masters Club or President's Club. And then you'd, you'd whittle them down, Leanne, and by, by the end, you'd get, they don't care about that. They're right. just singing it because they think the bosses want to hear that. Right. Um, so I'm so glad you brought that up because that is a great reminder. Um, one more question here because we're going here, and this one's going to take a little bit, I think. Um, your pack, we talked about your career path, but I'd like to go back to it. It's so unique. It's so different. Um, how were you able to make all these drastic changes? I mean, you touched on it a little bit. Yeah. I, I think it's, it needs a little bit more digging into because I yeah. think the learnings from it for the rest of us, as we're trying now, maybe to put it, these are minor changes, but we're struggling with it. We yeah. know it's not that big, but we're, we're not doing it. Help us out. Yeah. The so a piece of it is not being attached. I kind of started to allude to this, but not not being attached to a role that you're playing, especially when it comes to your career. Okay. Um, you know, if I would have um sometime in my keynote, I'll I'll talk about this, like when I moved from Ohio to LA to pursue entertainment law. Um the reason I was doing that move. And the reason I was pursuing entertainment law was because I didn't like the law that I was practicing. And I thought, well, if I practice in an area that I'm really interested in, it'll keep me more engaged as a lawyer. And that'll make the practice of law more enjoyable for me. And what was really underneath that was I want to enjoy my life. I want to enjoy my career. I want my work to be meaningful. I want, um, I want to feel inspired by the people that I'm working with and by the work that I'm doing. And so, you know, when I moved to LA to practice entertainment law and, you know, I did some informational interviews, I, I kind of started down the path, right? Let me bite this off. Let me talk to people who are doing it. Let me see what the path looks like. And then I didn't pass the bar. Again, best thing that happened to me because then I took the bar again. And by the time I took the bar the second time, I have been doing these odd jobs, including being a receptionist for a friend making $15 an hour at her office. And I realized I had more fun being a receptionist for $15 an hour than I had had in the last few years practicing law. And then it was like, oh, snap, what do I do with this? And so at, at, when I practiced, when I passed the second time, I actually got an opportunity to practice entertainment law. And it was like, I remember talking to the partner and he said, said the job is yours if you want it. These guys represented the Eagles. I mean, it was like the dream job that I had moved to California for. And he said, you can have it, but there's one caveat. I said, what? He said, we run with the wolves, Leanne. This job comes first over anything else in your life. And I was like, 
damn, if they tell you that it's really bad, like (laughs) usually they try to shift a little bit, but it was the easiest no I've ever made because I thought I didn't move. I, I really locked in in that moment. I didn't move just to take that title on. I didn't move just to be a lawyer. I moved to have my life mean something. I moved to be inspired by my work. I moved to enjoy what I was doing. And I had in the meantime, found a position selling court recording services. So a kind of combination of my personality, naturally sales driven and my legal background. And um, and so I thought, well, I'm, I'm gonna try this path for a little bit because it seems like it's a good combo. It's a good next step that I can still leverage my legal but I'm, I'm not going to be attached to being a lawyer. And that's what happens to us in life. A lot of times we get attached to a role or a position or something external. And that causes us to make really not the best decisions because we're too attached to that. And right. so if we can detach and look at what is it really underneath? What am I really about? What do I really want? Why am I really pursuing this? And then tune into what lets me help you, you know, um, meet those goals or those ideals, then you can start um, making different decisions. And that's how I've been. I've kind of done that at every turn in my career. Yeah, I think it's amazing. I, I, I came up with a new rule. Can I tell you what that is? Yeah. I came up with a new one. If anyone's going to say I can't in front of me, I'm going to finish it with yet. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's it. That's the perfect. rule. Perfect. I can't, perfect. I can't public speak yet yet i'm not really good at swimming yet yet yeah that's I agree. that's the difference between growth mindset and fix to me is that yet yes. Uh, yes. you were amazing today thank you uh, wonderful you're clearly winning the 16 um <laughs> you are winning the 16 there's no question before we sign off today leanne would you like to share or say anything else today to our friends listening? You know, I think the biggest thing is just, 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 oh God, like Nike says, just do it. Just try, Amen. just, you know, make the call, take the walk, eat the fruit, take the class, read the book, listen to the podcast, you know, just whatever, whatever is your next step. That's a little bit different of an edge. Just go do it and then go do it again. and again and again (laughs) you said something that might just I want to bring it back to people it was subtle and in case they missed it you communicated to all of us today don't do it alone oh yeah yeah I you and I we're to the point like our workouts are like we're good we can do it by ourselves we know what right because that's an expertise of ours now but there's other things in our life I sure the heck need help with, and so do you. Mm-hmm. I would recommend highly when you're you're contemplating making these little bit of changes, have somebody not only help you, tell everybody you know you're doing it. Because there's something about that intrinsic pressure, uh, a good way, not in a bad way, and an accountability Absolutely. that you're creating, and that will help you get through these things. Because I think yeah. it's loud and clear people heard you today is trying something it's okay and failing's fine clearly mm-hmm. setting goals habits mindset discipline one step at a time things aren't going to happen overnight yeah it's okay to have setbacks 
whatever it might be. And you, you're, we're not asking people to be the Iron Man or woman no. or starting a new company. What we're saying is whatever little thing, even if it is trying a new piece of fruit, yeah. as you so eloquently said, um, you're building that pathway of change. So you were amazing yeah. today. Thank you Thank so you. much, Leanne. I really, really appreciate it. I think even more importantly, the audience and our listeners did, no matter what they're going through on their journey, might've inspired them. You inspired me. Uh, thank you. Everyone listening today, as always, thank you for listening to Win the 16 podcast. Thanks for many of you who've purchased Win the 16 principles and strategies to optimize your day. For those of you who read it, I mean it. It's humbling. It's amazing. Thank you for that. And once again, everyone out there, please win the 16. Thank you for listening to the Win the 16 podcast presented by Pygon One. Please follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and all major podcast formats. Episodes will be released every other Wednesday at 7 a.m. Central Time. Thank you and go win the 16.